0: My guest today is James Taylor. We are live at Predictive Analytics World and Marketing Analytics World. His business is Decision Management management Solutions. Solutions. Got it. You are chairing a track today. Yeah, I'm moderating the business
1: track. I'm kicking it off right after the keynotes and then moderating it for the next couple of days.
0: That's great. So uh, do you know who's on the pa- Obviously, you know who's on the panel. Yeah. So as, as I said, there's a
1: panel, there's a yeah. whole bunch of presenters. It tends to be the ones who are not so much talking about how to build a predictive analytic model so much as how to use a predictive analytic model, how to put it into production, and how to Got get it. people to adopt it, what the challenges are, getting people to understand what a model does, all those
0: kind of non- modeling kinds of things which actually the better that goes the bigger the lever of the model right i mean
1: yeah i'd go further i would say that if you you know that there's no difference between business value and analytic value so if your analytic however good it is isn't actually being used, then it has no value. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah. The ROI on that's really that, easy to calculate. Really easy to calculate. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> now, but, this is not your first show. No, I've been, I think to every predictive analytics world, I've been coming here a long time. Um, I know Eric and the rising media folks well, and it's yeah. been, uh, it's been fun to watch it grow Yeah, and watch it change from really a very niche kind of show where there's a people from financial services and credit cards to one where, you know, all sorts of people are here. It's great. Now, your business. Tell us a little bit about what it is that you guys do. So Decision Management Solutions focuses on uh, companies that are really trying to automate decision-making. So there's some high-volume transaction where it's not obvious what to do. And so you have to decide what to do for each transaction. And obviously, that's driving a lot of analytics, so a lot of people... What they want to do is they want to use machine learning analytics ai to make a better decision about these transactions but they're high enough volume that you can't just show stuff to people and hope that people can handle the transaction you've got to automate it so we help build those automated systems into which you can embed these kind of analytic models do you have like a favorite project or ideal uh, customer type um our favorite project probably is around like next best offer next best action kinds of things if you're a multi-line company you've got lots of different products or your products have complex eligibility, like insurance products, then it's easy to say, oh, you should make the next best offer to this customer at this moment in the customer journey. But actually figuring out what that offer is, given what they already own, what they're allowed to buy, which products go with which other products, what the rules are, is a non-trivial problem for most companies. And those systems tend to be uh, more fun because they're not as heavily regulated as some other decisions. So you don't have to worry about the law quite as much as you do, you have to worry a little, but not a lot. And, you know, uh, the key concern is privacy, but the kind of systems we build don't need to know who you are. They just need to know things about you. So you're not dealing with PII. That's how you're Never able to buy. No PII. Exactly. It's one of our sort of rules of thumb. We don't care who you are. We just need to know what kind of person you are, what kind of products you own. We need that data but we don't need to know which particular customer we're talking to and that makes it it's great you can use the cloud you can use advanced analytics it's, oh it's it like opens up a line. lot of right. stuff
0: as soon right. as you can separate divorce the yeah. pii from the actual <laughs> exactly It's exactly. such a such yeah. a catas- it's such a big
1: big, it's issue. A big deal right yes and and particularly as companies are trying to move to the cloud mm-hmm. and particularly with analytics and you need that horsepower And they get very nervous when you start making decisions about customers because they all want to know about PII. So we have lots of meetings with InfoSec people who come in and we describe how it works and they go, oh, okay, we're done. Oh, that's a nice shortcut. (laughs) It's a
0: very nice shortcut. It is. Because you've been part of the ecosystem for, for a while, what has been like one of the big trends that you're seeing emerge in the space? So I think there's a couple of things that have
1: really changed. One is when we started getting from what the analytics team built, to something you could execute was often a huge production a lot of coding a lot of recoding and so we would talk about deploying the model as a big barrier and nowadays you look at the modern tools you know that are out there and they've got one button deployment and one of my colleagues has this great phrase he says no it's not about deployment it's about employment oh, however easy it is to deploy the model are you employing it are you doing something with the model and so you know that's always been our focus but now you know we can't talk about deploying the model as a sort of a term Not very or phrase because it's people go, But I have a button for that. I'm like, Yeah, I know you have a button for that. Now you have an API that calls your model. Still, is anybody using it? How's it going to be used? Can you explain how it's being used? Can you see if it's being used appropriately? Can you see what the key factors were in the model when you use the model? Because you don't care what the factors were when you didn't use the model. You only hmm. care if you use the model. All those kinds of questions come up. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's really shifted the conversation away from that Um, the other thing i think i would say is i see more it departments that care more about analytics when we started the it departments were like don't talk to me about the predictive analytics guys they run their own server they do their own thing i just try not to like fret about it right and now yeah, I wouldn't say they're totally in grip, but we meet analytics teams that are part of IT. There's a lot more integration. A lot of BI teams are trying to get into data science and yep. predictive analytics. So there's a lot more overlap and I think that's a really good thing because I think IT in most big companies is the key barrier for a lot of analytics projects. If you oh, can't totally. get IT to buy in, then you're not getting there. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's a big budget and also yep. a gatekeeper.
1: Yeah, because they're like, are you going to destabilize my system with this probabilistic nonsense? No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to like find a way to get through that problem. Right. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. The, so like thinking forward, what do you, when you, you've got a lot of like management consulting around the actual, not just the execution, but as you said, the employment of those insights inside the organization. Um, what are you seeing as other trends? Like how's the space going to be different in the next two years? Right. So I think
1: one of the things that, I, one of my sort of pet projects is to get business analysts more generally to include in their requirements the need for machine learning, the need for analytics. Mm. Because one of the things I see at the moment is the only people who are really thinking about how you might use machine learning are people who know how to build machine learning models. Right. But in most big companies, they don't write the requirements documents. They don't write the specs. And so by the time they get involved, the requirements documents written, the IT budget is set, the project's up and running. And then you're constantly trying to, bolt things in and add things to dashboards and, and it's never integrated. And so one of my sort of pet projects is to get business analysts to be much more explicit about saying, Oh, this system is making this decision. I wonder if we could use data to make it better. What would that it's look interesting. like and get them to drive that into their requirements. So that yeah. right at the beginning of a system's life cycle, people are talking about what decision does this system make? How do we use analytics to get better at that decision? Cause I think that's, if we're going to get scale income so you really have to move upstream oh yeah yeah right and uh yeah my title of my talk today is is doing it backwards because I feel like hmm. people say oh I've got the data yep. and then I go see what interesting things I can find out about the data and then I see if I can use that and I'm like well that's backwards you actually need to start by saying what problem am I trying to solve and then see what analytics you need to solve it and then see what data you need to build the analytics and they're like well but where's the research? Where's the hypothesis testing? And I'm like, yeah, you should do it. Like, if you're the kind of company that's good at research, you should do a little bit of research. But most companies are terrible at that kind of stuff. And and you're going to be the same kind of company in 10 years' time that you are now. Hmm. So focus on the things you have to do to be that kind of company hmm. and use analytics to get better at them, right? Rather than trying to, you know, yeah, maybe there's a new business in my data. Well, maybe, but probably Not. If you're an insurance company today, in 10 years time, you're going to be an insurance company. The only question is whether you can use data and analytics to be a more profitable, more effective, more successful insurance company or not. And so that means you've got to start by thinking about what does it mean to be an insurance company? What decisions do I make? How do I
0: get better? Isn't that interesting how it's like, it's really helping frame the business as a whole beyond just... That was a very good answer. Uh, apparently,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's 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 it. What I find just fascinating is that we've seen this like democratization of um, insights or uh, analytics across the organization. So it used to be relegated to a few, and now it's like. It feels like it's just seeping through right. many, many different. Like you said, even in IT, which is amazing. So, um, as we continue to evolve, as you, I loved it, the way that you depicted it, moving upstream and being involved in the early in the early stages of the product, um, and then having that actually built into the key requirements. Right. I mean, it's just a it's going to be an exciting world because because really brands are at a spot where they get to decide if they're going to win or lose on day zero, okay. right? right. Um, based on how they're incorporating analytics into their platforms
1: yeah absolutely and I think it's
0: you know one of the challenges right one of my favorite
1: phrases I often talk to my my, my typical customer is as I like to say a big boring company <laughs> um, and people keep telling them that to use machine learning and yeah. AI they've got to be agile and nimble and think like a startup and I'm like no being big and boring is actually part of their value proposition yeah. it's you're know, buying life insurance you're buying it from a big boring company you're banking with a big boring company that's kind of the point right totally if you want to buy a tractor you want to buy it from a big boring company right because that's the point right and so it's not enough if we say only small nimble startup Mm -hmm. digital natives can use analytics pervasively big boring companies have to be able to use it pervasively and that means we've got to fit the way they build systems the way they think about their business which tends to be lots of documentation and lots of thinking Long lead times, requirements docs. And if we don't get data thinking
0: into that process, they're never going to be pervasive users of data, and they need to be. My guest today has been James Taylor. If someone wants to get in contact with you or your firm, how would they do that? So the easiest way to find it is uh, decisionmanagementsolutions.com. It's a
1: really long URL, but all the words are spelled exactly the way you... It's great for SEO, it. by the way. Uh, it's, it's always good. And then uh, James at Decision Management Solutions gets me, and that's an easy way to find us. James, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks very much.
0: Everybody else, if you please take the time to screenshot and share this episode. Special thanks to Predictive Analytics World and Marketing Analytics World for hosting 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 this particular episode. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day.